Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So what if uh, the new Marvel series, which has started on um, Disney Plus, is one of those ones where I watched the trailer for it and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I remember the comics. Yeah, yeah, this would be good. This would be good. Didn't really think much of it. I don't, Maybe I was caught up in like Bad Batch, Loki was happening, all these like live action stuff was happening and I wasn't like, can't wait for what if, but I knew it was happening and I knew I was going to watch it. Um, and... And then when it came on, I was like, this could be really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This could be um, really good. And I feel they've started it really well uh, with a really good story that I thoroughly enjoyed. But I mean, what was your official, was this something you were kind of waiting to watch? Or was this something kind of like myself, was it in the background? You were like, this would be cool. I'll watch it when it comes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I think you were the one who informed me about it first, and I was a little bit uh, intrigued by you know the concept. And of course, now that we got like Marvel multiverse, you know, through Loki and and Phase Four, um, you know, it fits in really nicely, actually. And I had seen the trailer as well. wasn't really sure what to make of it. And you know, again, you know, similar to you, like it could just be a fun little side thing. It could be maybe a little bit awkward or I don't know you know you're never really sure with these things but then I just watched the first episode earlier uh and both you know uh, with my girlfriend as well and we both really enjoyed it and actually I'm quite surprised to be honest I didn't think it would be that much fun um I didn't think it would be that well animated I mean the animation is gorgeous um you know we were talking recently you know Master of the Universe and how great the animation is there and like this kind of Again, you know, what I love about this is it it kind of harks back to, like, cell-shaded animation, kind of like, you know, from, like, Animatrix and, like, the kind of GameCube games of the 2000s and stuff. So that's uh, what I was thinking as well. That's the case. Yeah. This was more of an animation style, yeah. like, uh, a, f- a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, it kind of, it feels old school, but then the way it's kind of, like, digitally rendered and it's so smooth and kind of nicely painted onto the characters that actually like yeah it, it kind of has a bit of a nostalgic feeling but then feels also very modern and particularly the action you know the action moves so kind of fluidly and you know i mean the uh particularly like the, you know the fight scenes when like captain carter is like kicking ass and you know um you know taking down the, the germans the nazis uh, and hydra it's just I love those scenes. I was I was shocked by how kind of exciting and fun they were and actually very much, you know, kind of building on what like the, the Marvel films had kind of created in the first place, you know, like from Captain America. So yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised and very much enjoyed, you know, both the first and second episode. I and mean, we'll get on to the second one later. But um yeah, it's just like a really kind of fun thing to turn on its head, really, you know. Um you know, go Agent Carter as as Captain America. I mean, you know, why not have a you know a, a female sort of you know um, captain? You know, it, it was yeah, I loved it, loved it. You know, it does so so much to take away from it as well. 
do you know what this makes me think as well it, it makes me think and hollywood has done this many a time and i think george lucas has said this before and spielberg um nazis make really good bad guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when you watch um something like this which is set in the second world war which immediately always makes me think about indiana jones okay. um, which is set across obviously the first two wars um I just kind of want to almost see if we're going into a world of Marvel with multiverses and all different timelines and all over the place, can we just have like a trilogy of films set in the Second World War or something like that? I love the throwbacks. Honestly, every time I watch Captain America, the first Avenger again, I like it more. I rem always remember the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like, astounded by it i wasn't like whoa this is this is new stuff this is amazing and then every time i go back and watch it it's it's probably one of my favorite out of all the marvel films to go back sometimes and watch because i feel it gets better with every single watch and you can kind of see what they were trying to do there i, do, I feel you might feel the same when you did the rewatches recently yeah absolutely and you know actually captain america for years was one i actually actively avoided like shamefully uh, I now say because like it, I always I never grew up with Captain America and I always thought it would be like a superhero that I didn't like and then you know watching the kind of films a few years back and re-watching them again recently I I'm I think they're kind of like amongst my favorite Marvel films really um absolutely love the first one the second one is awesome as well Winter Soldier third one it feels like an Avengers film to be honest um but again also a great film but yeah I completely agree with you like the first one is it's just a really well kind of rounded film. I, you know, his, his backstory is, is humble and you see, you know, just, I, I suppose like the kind of what makes Captain America special really um, throughout the whole film and, you know, the kind of, you know, following films. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're really for me kind of some of the standout Marvel films from the whole canon. Um, and yeah, so to, you know, to have, to have this like a kind of a nice kind of like, you know, take on it i mean you know i have to say like with this episode uh in comparison to the second one you know the storyline wasn't too different to the source kind of you know film really um i don't think that makes it you know like bad at all i think it was actually really fun to see kind of peggy who's quite a beloved character uh anyway kind of kicking ass and you know and also you know seeing steve kind of you know relegated to like but I, what I loved is like how he's like the sort of old fashioned Iron Man, you know, that was a really kind of fun surprise and actually like worked really well. Um, and I, yeah, you know, you like that element as well, where they kind of and I feel this is this is a common thing, especially when it comes through to you trying to introduce. I know it's not a complete new thing where it's dealing with a lot of characters that have been around for a long time, but you're trying to introduce people to something new, something new that they're trying to try. So it kind of always makes sense to go back to a story where you keep a majority of the beats the same for that familiarity side of things so people can ease into it. But I do That's like really good point, traits, actually, yeah. yeah, and I do like the traits of what they did here and they switch pretty much Tony and Howard around in the fact that Howard Stark now creates the first Iron Man and pretty much spot on or relatively similar to the Iron Man costume that Tony first created as well so it's I feel also I feel can we have more it's young Howard Stark yeah, yeah. young Howard Stark is quite funny because yeah. he's very much he is just Tony Stark in the 40s <laughs> basically yeah you know like Less discoveries at, at, the, at that point, but still, you know, super smart and like incredibly charming, you know, like, 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, re- I I really enjoyed kind of more like young Howard Stark as well. I mean, he he's always like you know being a character where you know you see a lot of him, but it's uh, you feel that there's so much more that like can like you could dive into his story really. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of you know it's great to kind of see that like at least they kept some of the same you know beats from before really. Um, but yeah, I have to say what surprised me in this episode uh, the most is the kind of involvement of Hydra and then the way that Hydra's own creation, you know, uh, through the Tesseract kind of opening up this portal, it yields like this other, I mean, I'm going to say a Cthulhu type bad guy, you know, Cthulhu, um, which is, you know, kind of H.P. Lovecraft, like the famous sort of cosmic horror monster, which is a giant sort of squid faced um, creature that, you know, essentially rules worlds and we don't uh, see those these days yeah i mean you know like you know casual i mean you know there's there's little hints dropped in rick and morty and you know a few things as well um and a film recently that i watched called sacrifice which was you know a complete homage to cthulhu um but i love that kind of that villain and also you know i mean the way that you know captain carter like fights back against him like i love the addition of the sword with the shield like that felt so cool and you know using that as like part of the action towards the end was just really epic so those beats i really really enjoyed from the the, the episode but like you know kind of like the overall like the whole episode i mean you know i mean peggy is just you know she's such a, a great character anyway um like within the whole kind of marvel universe and and hayley atwell as well is also a fantastic actress so to kind of like yeah, and that's again one of the things that surprised me was what if is having so many of the original actors kind of voicing their own characters as well within yes. this. You know, I mean, you've got you know, Dom Cooper and you know, Hayley Atwell. I mean, um, and uh, like a number of others. I think you've got Toby Jones back to play yeah. um, the scientist. Um, I th- I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if we've got because he didn't appear in Endgame. Hugo Weaving, um, so. I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't him. Um, um, I'm not I believe we have Stan back foot to uh, yep. Bucky, and Stanley Tucci's in it. I mean Samuel Jackson as well, oh, like kind yeah. of appears later on. Yeah. I mean it, it's you know like I, I was surprised by that as well. The again you know so it's like a half and half, isn't it? We yeah. had Jeremy Renner um, back, and we yeah it was Toby Jones playing him but we had somebody else playing um steve rogers so uh, josh keaton playing steve rogers who's uh, josh keaton is very well known for a lot of animation and a lot of voice work over the years but yeah so it's it's an interesting it's like a combination isn't it um the ones who wanted to do it or were around or could do it or whatever way it works really but yeah it's it's quite surprising but it's so fitting as well some of the action sequences as well the um captain carter action sequences the fight sequences are just brilliant i know you can get away with and you fully should take advantage of the fact you can get away with so much more in animation which is then why not push it to those limits some things which would take probably days to shoot and choreograph and costly in order to do in a film that you could do in an animation um a lot easier especially for the stunt people yeah (laughs) to do some grunts and (laughs) sounds I, what I liked about the action as well is that it felt quite like um, similar in a way to like the, the kind of live action films. It didn't seem like it was like so out of the realm that it was kind of, you know, completely different. I, I felt that it was like 
similar to the you know the, the kind of live action films but then made a little bit yeah as you say like a bit more bombastic you know like where it just it's just uh, they take it up into kind of a a way where it doesn't feel ridiculous but it's just really fun and exciting and something that like yeah as you said like you know clearly in animation it's like 10 times easier to do than live action because you know it's like okay you know to, you know having to pose for different shots or whatever you know it's it, like this it, they just can be like creative and, and and have fun with it really and it, it that's the thing the whole episode just felt really fun you know um yeah it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see where it goes i mean like we might as well mash them up because we're the first two episodes have obviously had and we've seen both episodes um so we come into the the second episode i mean they're picking stories aren't they they're picking from what it seems origin stories um and we're moving around the characters in certain situations and the the second origin story that we kind of see highlighted is star lord being uh king t'challa from yeah. and i mean we get thankfully chadwick boseman had done this voice uh unfortunately before he passed so it was really nice to that was a voice that was really nice to hear. Oh, I didn't realise that. That's that's really cool. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I feel that's just a, like a another little, a little hidden gem almost, just to have Chadwick uh, voice that character for this episode. So that was really really lovely to hear. But that's a whole different thing. So it's all about taking the fact of that they went to get Peter Quill. Yeah. But <laughs> the Ravagers. Uh, Taserface, <laughs> good old Taserface. Um, uh, some of the Ravagers, they picked up the wrong guy. Pretty much, they picked up uh, the young, very young King T'Challa at the time, Prince T'Challa hmm. at the time. So we have T'Challa as Star Lord, which I thought was a very, very fun thing to watch from yeah. the get go, having his personality in Star Lord's shoes, and also uh, Digimon Hanusu, the actor who. I can't remember his name. He plays the character who first meets him. And when he's like, and in the, obviously the movies. Karath the Pursuer. Yeah. So in the movies, he's like Star Lord. He's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> in this, he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Star Lord. <laughs> that, I, I absolutely love that, mo like that moment as well. I was, I was so surprised. Like, okay. Especially coming off the first one where the first episode was like more faithful to like the kind of Captain America characters and, and, events and then this one actually like you know from the beginning it really as you said and it made sense to kind of establish it like that and not go too far into like you know what if but um this one yeah like right from the get-go it's like i mean it was just kind of like a hilarious turnaround really uh and there was so much more in this one where it was like characters being turned on their heads like uh i mean for, you know and the voice cast on this one we pretty much had everyone we had everyone back. Chadwick Boseman, Karen Gillan, like Michael Rooker, uh, Digimon, John Kanai, Josh Brolin, Benedico Del Toro, Kurt Russell, Sean Gunn, Seth Green, like Seth Green is more Howard Duck. Absolutely love it. Um, Chris Sullivan, back as Taserface. So, I mean, we had the full works in this time round. Absolutely. And I mean, like, it's seeing, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that like all these actors wanted to get involved in this, but seeing how like, again, like this episode, you know, it goes from being like, you know, a fun take on kind of, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then it kind of morphs into like a, what well, I'm going to say, like an Ocean's Eleven sort of like galactic team, you know, where they, you know, so essentially like, you know, the collector is 
you know the main the main villain uh, who takes up the role from uh, Thanos instead. Um, and again, you know what I loved is that Thanos is like some you know like he still has his genocidal plans and thinks it's a great idea, but he's like some backwards like you know kind of like crew member now, and he's just kind of being relegated and every, and. He's just sort of like friendly Thanos, you know, like, you know, dad to, you know, uh, still, Nebula. Still like, mad at the same yeah. time. How he keeps on going back to him in other different situations going. And someone, it's always someone going, that's still genocide. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. it's random. It's random. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a random <laughs> thing, you know. And it's just like, it's, random. it's just really efficient. <laughs> I mean, those sorts, of, and I, you know, I, and seeing like Nebula, for example, like, you know, in the film, she's cold and ruthless, and and here it's like she's, you know, it's alluring and and friendly, and you know, and you know, mates with the Star Lord, and I mean that that I thought was really like, again, like clearly they've had like a lot of fun, you know, and I mean even things like, um, oh, what's the character's name who plays the bartender? You know, the straight talking right. alien. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, his little cameo was so funny as well. It's just, you know? it's just this classic Drax. It's like, I look amazing in that photo, but you look unbelievably <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love, you know... A terrible photo. You look the worst. <laughs> yeah. and you know how he's, like, kind of, again, mentioning his wife and daughter. But in this case, it's like, oh, no, no, they'll love to see a photo of me, you know, like, with you. Like, you know, because he's always mentioned it before, like, oh, well, that's why, you know, Thanos has to pay. But now it's like, they have to see my photo, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, re like, again, a really fun sort of thing. And I love it as well how they kind of, you know, they incorporated that sort of, you know, T'Challa uh, morality aspect into the Star-Lord and really turned the fact that, you know, the Ravagers, instead of being thieves and kind of villains across the galaxy, they actually end up being this, like, Robin Hood band of heroes who steal yeah, from the rich. Yeah, that's exactly it. They are, or, like, stop genocide. Men. <laughs> yeah, stop genocide, like, save planets. I mean, all of that, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty hilarious you know <laughs> so yeah i mean th this one like was even more fun than the first one in some ways you know they stopped the whole entire thanos by having a conversation yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. love it you know it, oh so funny it was it was it was such a it was such a brilliant thing <laughs> it's yeah. just like the whole entire of infinity war and endgame endgame doesn't happen because someone just sat down and had a cup of tea with thanos who's who's really into gardening now <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 absolutely i mean it's just and also even like characters like the collector you know he's such an intriguing character and i love the fact that he kind of becomes this main villain we get to see a bit more of his you know his collection and like you know the fact that you know as you said like you know seth green as howard the duck and he actually plays like more of a role in this it was all just like a, a fun inventive way to bring those kind of little uh beats back into like the whole kind of marvel universe and just you know have more fun with it and you know just give you more kind of i suppose uh breadcrumbs of what you love i mean you know kind of what jumps out as well as you know the the, the fight scene that t'challa you know has with um, the collector at the end and the fact that the collector is pulling out all these weapons you know that he has like a collection of you know the dark elves knives and uh you know the the god of deaths you know headwear you know i mean that was all really fun as well and Captain America's shield, I think, was in the background. Yeah. And I, I want to say Thor's hammer was in the background at some point. Um, and I do love, uh, I've forgotten his name. This happens a lot, guys. I just forget people's names, okay? But I do love the um, the dog, the space dog. 
<laughs> yeah, I love the dog too. But, yeah. you know, something like that. I, I've probably got it completely wrong, but he's he's more present in the comics. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just, I loved all those references. And I did love the fact we got to see more of the, like a grander collector almost um, take yeah. that villainous role within this story. And if one of the most annoying things about all of this is it gives you these half an hour what if stories and you're immediately going, but what happens next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm kind of like, you know, really looking forward to the next episode and then realizing like it has nothing to do with the previous ones. But then the next one is probably going to be awesome anyway, because like these two have just been, I mean, as I keep saying, they're just so much fun, you know, and again, it seems like with these new Marvel projects, like nothing seems to like be like throwaway anymore, you know, that everything seems to be very sort of dedicatedly done, you know, here you know, you've got so many voice actors. I mean, you know, even like Chadwick Boseman, you know, having done the voice here. So it's been something that they've thought about for a long time and, you know, getting all the actors together, the animation is, as we said, is just gorgeous really throughout. The animation um, is stunning. Yeah, and like and as we always come back to on this podcast, like the writing is great in this, you know, mm-hmm. across both episodes. It's just like it's original, but also kind of but not having to rely on the source material too much, you know, in a way that I mean, as we said, the first one relies more on the source material, but it's a kind of like fun turn on on the cold Captain America thing. And it makes sense to do it, so it's not kind of too alienating for the audience like kind of getting back into it but then you know like with the second one i felt that they really kind of um yeah kind of made it its own thing really and that's i think what i appreciated the most is that within half an hour you get loads of characters that you love but then in like a completely new sort of era or you know you know world of the multiverse um that's just as enjoyable to watch by itself really so you know again you know marvel really are they've got a great team scouting team Mm. uh, almost to get these people on boards because we've got so it's ac bradley who is the head writer across this first season and he hasn't got you know you go into imdb hasn't got a ton of credits but i i guess his most key credit and probably what got him this job is three below tales of arcadia which is an animated show um like science fiction animation show headed up by camilio del toro which has a fantastic cast when you look at it like diego luna nick offerman glenn close uh, nick frost like so hayley atwell even so yeah i mean this is obviously and he's like he's done troll hunters as well which i feel is another gamilio del toro link so he must know gamilio del toro that's that's uh, <laughs> evident um but it's really interesting because i mean now i'm going to watch three below tales of arcadia because this like you said the writing is something we always come down come back to but it it gives that when you're marking if well we're not marking stuff but when people are and when you look at imdb and it's out of 10 you're going to give points for the animation because it's amazing you're going to give points for the action and then if the writing sews it all together then what you've got is a great show absolutely i mean this is the thing is it's you can tell when you know time and dedication and thought has gone into it and i think that's what like you know, I mean, when I first started watching like the second episode, I, I kind of felt like, oh, it's just going to be T'Challa in the place of Star-Lord. But then the fact that they kind of take it into this whole kind of, again, 
similar beat, but like completely newly done. Um, you know, written in the style of the characters as well. Uh, that you know we've all come to know, but like just in a way which is like I don't know, just so effectively done in terms of like the, the jokes and the kind of uh, as we said, like the kind of traits of the characters. They're all like blended in in a way which is actually like oh, this is really hilarious. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah, the, the writing, yeah, they, they've really got it well here. Um, and, you know, I mean, but we keep saying this about the new Disney stuff, you know, they, like, I mean, I, yeah, the new Disney stuff across Star Wars and Marvel, you know, that like, it seems like they're very, I don't know, like that they're structuring things better. I think they, they probably learned from certain mistakes they've made in the past, as, you know, we've kind of mentioned. And the overall arc of things is just, seems to be so well thought out that it's like that like you know fans like us you know we can like pick up onto it and you know enjoy it in different ways and you know and there's so much so much kind of wealth of, of material coming out that it's like uh, you know every time we can kind of like pick up a new series i'm like okay you know is this going to be good or bad but then it always ends up you know generally being great you know which is especially you know as i said like the, the new marvel ones have all been like i mean we've been just like kind of really been enjoying ourselves over the last six months haven't we been <laughs> i mean pretty much so and it's also might that i feel maybe some maybe disney have sat down at some particular point in time or at least the heads of because of obviously with bad batch and with the mandalorian the first two mandalorian seasons and obviously it's been coming up a lot more but maybe there's a fair few feathers or leaves taken out of marvel's book in the sense of look Marvel, like we've created this universe over a decade now and they're not releasing any films which are going out and people are going this is terrible the writing's terrible the acting's terrible all this is terrible that's never happening yes people like some films more than others um and some films stand out more than others but it's still the story is still well connected and well woven that these things make sense, which is quite a feat over this time. And maybe I feel, uh, I know talking a bit about Star Wars now, but they've taken that, taken that out of Marvel's book now. And they're yeah. kind of going, this is how we need to proceed. And as we've always said, always said, just get Can Kennedy, Filoni and Favreau and just have those as the main three, like Marvel have a main three exactly. and just keep that formula going forward and then create all you want to create. Yeah, get get them in a room with a big pot of coffee and, you know, and whatever else they need to write and just let them work their magic, you know. And actually, you know, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned that, you know, IMDb, and I'm just looking at the ratings for, like, these two episodes, and already they're, like, you know, massive. You know, the second episode is, is more, has 8.7 out of 10, like, with over, like, 1,300 reviews, and the first episode got, like, 7.7, .7, so... And you know, if something's got seven or above, that means at least 50, 60% of the people are hitting the eight to 10 yeah, like yeah. mark for it to be up there. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we've said, like, and you know, I'm watching this, it's, it's really not surprising because it's just, you know, people are clearly, because it's just a fun way to carry on, like, the kind of, like, Marvel love, really, you know? I mean, it, it, and, and again, you know, what I liked as well is that the fact that the episodes are, like, half an hour each, so it doesn't kind of, drag on too much i think it, that helps retain a lot of the energy and fun within it and also like the fact that you know 
you don't have um, them having to fill like a whole kind of like 50 minutes. It's just like much more like they, they can like choose the parts and beats, you know, from like previous uh, films and um, to, to really kind of hone in on and and use really and, and like twist on their head, as we said, you know. So, yeah, I mean, how many episodes are, are left in this series? Uh, I want to say there's probably another seven. I feel there's nine overall. Let me have a look. Uh, oh, yeah, nine episodes in total. Yeah, will consist of nine episodes. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, like we always say, I'm really looking forward to next week, you know, and seeing what, you, what kind of other what-ifs we, we get, really. Yep. So, I mean, let's wait till next week, which is what if Loki presented himself to the governments of Earth? as King Asgard using all his diplomacy. So let's see how that works out. Um, join us. We will have a Bad Batch episode in between that time as well, but we will be checking out more Marvel's What If, and we probably will be doing a bunch of other stuff as well. Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Um, um.